Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Today is an exciting day in the history of City Hope Church. We're in two services for the very first time. The first service went amazing, had some wonderful, wonderful time together with those folks. And so uh, as we were praying about and trying to figure out, you know, going to two services, I called friends all over the country, pastors, and they said, listen, here's what's going to happen. On that very first Sunday, you know, you go from a full room to kind of like a half full room. And it may be awkward. It may not be. He said, here's what I want you to do. Just embrace the awkward. Embrace the awkward. And so we're going to do that. All right. And we're going to make room for new friends. We want to see more people come to know Jesus. And so let me just encourage you with this. We're going to start this little campaign. Okay. We cannot get away from political ads on TV and radio right now. If you're like me, I'm so sick of it. We watched TV the other night, four in a row. It was terrible. But anyways, um, our campaign here is fill the seat. Fill the seat. If you see an empty seat around you, I want you to just, I want to challenge you to have this mindset that I'm going to fill that seat with, with, with a friend, with a coworker, a neighbor, a family member. Fill the seat around you. I know that God will bless us when we, uh, when we go looking for his people to come and, and experience him. So not only is today exciting because we have two services, but today we are starting a missions emphasis series. So for the next few weeks, we're going to emphasize Size, uh, a challenge and, and just encourage each of us to, to follow God's mission for the world, what he calls us to do, who he calls us to be. So we're going to set aside this time to highlight uh, our mission partners, to, to encourage, to challenge, all those wonderful things. And so uh, I, I just truly think that missions, missions is a big deal to God. And so it should be a big deal to us. And so for, for those of you who have been with us for a while, you know our story. Back August of, of 2021 is really when we started getting things going. And we started just building a foundation. We were meeting in homes and small groups. And every once in a while we would meet maybe once a month at Rose Hill over in the uh, clubhouse. But right from the beginning, we said we want a foundational principle of City Hope Church to be about missions. We want to be what God, we want to be about what God is all about. And so uh, even before, you know, we officially launched in January, 10 months ago, a little over 10 months ago. And and even before then, we sat down and we said, so so we want to be about missions. And here's what we're going to do. Any, any funds that we've received from, from August of 2021 to January 1st of, of 2022, we're going to take 10% of all those funds and we're going to give it away to our mission partners. We're going to give it away to, to help spread the gospel in the world. And that's exactly what we've done. We've had an opportunity. I've had chances to go to all of our mission partners and present them with, with funds to help these ministries. And so this series, for some of you, you'll be, able, you'll be introduced to those folks. You'll, you'll see them some live, some on video. But uh, missions is a big, big, big deal to City Hope Church. And so uh, I, I believe that, that God offers his people um, a, a game plan. 
God offers his people, I, I, I think of sports all, a lot of times, and, 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 and I think you know, when Jesus was walking the earth, he kind of gave a huddle. He said, all right, all, all these disciples, I want you to huddle up, all right? Just like the quarterback calls a play. Some of you, you're mad at your quarterback right now because he didn't do a good job yesterday, but that's okay. But Jesus got in the huddle, and, and Jesus gives the disciples, he gives his people this, this game plan, this play that they're supposed to do. So if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, just going to read two passages of scripture. As Jesus was, was rallying the troop, as he was giving them the play call, he, he gives them this, this action to follow. So if you would, stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word. Just two quick verses today, and then we're going to talk about these. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Father, I pray your blessing on the reading of your word. Speak loud into our hearts today. Move us, challenge us, change us, push us to action. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, so here's Jesus, and he's in the huddle, and he's calling a play. And to, just to kind of sum up these verses, God is calling his followers to action. He's calling his followers to action. Men, what would you do? And, and maybe you've seen this. Uh, the quarterback gets in the huddle. They break out, and, and he, he says, all right, down, set, hut, and nobody moves. Nobody moves. We would be like, this is the worst football game. This is the worst football team I've ever seen, right? The quarterback told you what to do. The coach coached you and told you what to do. Well, I believe that a lot of times when, when we read verses like this, when God says, here's your action plan, here's what I want you to do. As Christians, sometimes we line up and then we, we just stand. We just stand. Like, wait, wait a minute. God called the play. Jesus called the play. He said, he said go into all the world. Think about that. That's an action. Go. And then, he, then he goes on and he says, make disciples. So I got to go. I got to make. And then he says, baptize them. That's an action. Baptize. And then he tells another action. He says, teach them. And, and not just in this scripture. Go all throughout the Bible. You see Jesus calling his followers to action. He says, be salt and light in the world. Right? He says, let your light shine. Go and shine your light. Over and over and over, we see God pushing his people to action. And that's what this series is all about. For the next several weeks, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to challenge you, I'm going to push you to get involved in the action. We've entitled this Missions Emphasis Series, Engage. Engage. We want you to engage in God's mission. We want City Hope Church to be engaged with God's mission that he calls followers of Christ to be. Now, let me say this. This, this series, this, this scripture is for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't yet have that relationship with Jesus, this is going to feel a little weird, going to sound a little weird. That's the first step. That relationship with Christ comes first. But that once we have that relationship, we get the game plan. And I want you to just think for a minute. I want you to, to understand why this is so important. Why, why is it important for us to be on mission? Why is it important for our church to, to give and to go and to make disciples and to baptize and teach and be salt and light? Why is that such a big deal? I think that the easiest thing for us to see is that the need is great. The need 
is great. Let me give you just a few needs that our world has. These are tough to listen to. There's 16,000 people groups in the world. Over 6,000 of these people groups are still classified as unreached people groups. Unreached people groups, meaning the gospel of Jesus has not got to this group of people yet. 6,000 people groups. 3.4 billion people, which is 40% of the world's population, have yet to experience Jesus' loving embrace. 3.4 billion people people. There are roughly 153 million orphans in the world today. Children with no parents, no dad to throw ball with, no mom to take shopping, no, nobody to do their hair. There are approximately 437,000 children in foster care just in the United States. Almost 500,000 children in our foster care system here in America. There's over 500,000 homeless men and women in America alone. Half a million people with nowhere to lay their head down tonight when they go to bed. When we hear these stats, and we could continue to go on and on and on, when you hear this, it kind of gets overwhelming, right? You're like, wow. That's so sad. That's, that, that, there's so much work to do. There's so many people in our world who just need Jesus. And I want you to, to kind of have this mindset as we go through this mission series. And we just came out of a series called Yes, You. And that's all about how I, I asked you to be a little bit selfish and say, God, how are you speaking to me? I know that, I know that you're speaking to me, even me, even the guy who, who doesn't know Christ very well or, or just new to this Christianity thing. God, what, what, what do you want me to understand? And as we go throughout this series, I want, you to, I want you to hear this. I want you to believe it. I want you to know it. Your engagement matters. Your engagement matters. Your presence matters. These 153 million orphans, wouldn't it be great for one of them to have, a, have somebody to talk to, have somebody to love on them? Your presence matters. Your, your money matters. Over 500,000 homeless men and women in the world, your gifts matter. Maybe if, if, if probably the most important one. Your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. I want you to think about this today, church. For millions of people, everybody's in different circumstances, right? We all have different situations, and all these people that, that, that these statistics that we're talking about, everybody's situation is different, right? But for those who don't know Christ, they're, they're living this hopeless life. They're going through uh, homelessness, going through uh, being an orphan, going through uh, uh, you know, being an unreached people group with no hope. But those of us who know Christ, those of us who have opened up his word and read it and say, man, I know the game plan, we have that hope. We have hope for an eternity with Jesus. We have a risen Savior. We have a knowledge that this life is temporary. So just because life is hard doesn't mean it's the end. We have this hope. I heard a, a pastor say it like this. Imagine that, that you one day at home were, were figuring out how to cure cancer and you came up with this cancer cure. 
and there in your house, what would you do with that? And you'd go talk to the right people and you'd start getting that out because you want to help people, right? <clears throat> would you just keep it? Would you just keep it to yourself? Not let anybody, don't help anybody else, just keep it here? No, that's stupid. Nobody would do that. But, but so often as, as believers, as, as followers of Jesus, we know the game plan, we have the hope, but so often we keep it to ourselves. So often we, we forget the mindset that Jesus tells us to engage, to, to, to have action in our life. It is the duty. Listen to me. It's not, a, it's not a choice. It's not an option. It is the duty of the follower of Christ to engage with a lost and hopeless world. It is your job. It is my job as followers of Christ to engage with a hopeless world. It's not, listen, parents, it's not your duty as a parent to, to shield your kids from the big bad world. Okay, now, we want to be safe. There, there's a difference. But, but it's not, okay, I don't want your family to ever go out into the world. That's not who God's called us to be. He says go. It's not your job to hold on to your salvation, your hope, your peace, your joy, your love. It's not our job to hold on and never tell others. Man, I want to be someone who goes. I want to be someone who's engaged. I want to be someone that's about that action. I, I love C.T. Studd. If you, it, just go read about this guy. He said this, Some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bells, but I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. That fires me up. <laughs> that, that gets me going. I'm ready. I want to live with that kind of engagement. I want to live with that kind of, I know the world around me is crazy, but come on. I got hope. I got Jesus, and I want to share it with those around me. I pray that City Hope Church is never a church that we just sit around and have good conversation about the Great Commission. Oh, we got we to save the world. I pray that we don't reduce the Great Commission to just some good conversations, just some, some few minutes on a Sunday. I pray that we will live and die in an attempt to take action. Let, let me say that again. That's not up there, but that's good. I should have highlighted that. I pray that we will live and die in an attempt to take action. Throughout this uh, mission series, um, God has brought some amazing partners to City Hope Church, and, and there's literally people all over the world that we're partnering with, and, and uh, you're going to meet some of those folks. You're going to hear from some of those folks who are living in action. These, these are some folks that are on the front lines of living out the Great Commission. They're, they're living out this calling from God. And so today we are we're very honored to have a, a very special partner um, called Helping Haitian Angels. Uh, Bill and, and Debbie Harvey are here with us. They are the founders of Helping Haitian Angels, and they are a mission that uh, pretty much as we got started as a church, we began to support them through, through prayer and encouragement. And just uh, a few months ago, I don't know if you, for those of you who have been with us for a while uh, and you remember, uh, I went up to Virginia and repelled off the side of a building like a knucklehead. Um, but it was amazing. It was for a fundraiser for helping Haitian angels. And so uh, Bill and Debbie are going to come. You guys give them a, a big welcome this morning. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, we appreciate you guys coming in. They're uh, 
living up in the Virginia area, northern Virginia, right? Um, and so they flew in on Friday. They're dear friends with uh, Sharon and Chip Chase. And so um, they run this ministry called Helping Haitian Angels. And so uh, for those who don't know about your ministry, what it is, why don't you guys give us just kind of the, the story and your, your calling to, to start this ministry in Haiti? Thank you for having us. It's wonderful to, to come down here. Uh, so in 2005, I was going to a small church in northern Virginia. It was actually an old pre-Civil War old church. Very cool. And uh, a friend of mine said, you want to go to Haiti? The guy goes, I've been to church with him. I said, yeah, let's go to Haiti. And he said, all right, we're going in a few months, and I had to go home and find out where Haiti was. So I don't know how many of you know where Haiti is. It's an island in the Caribbean. And I said, let's go. So... Uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. It was a bunch of doctors, about 10 or 12 doctors, and I have it as nurses. They'd go down two weeks, three times a year, uh, to a medical clinic, and they'd have hundreds and hundreds of patients lined up to visit them because there's no health care down there. And so um, I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, what, what am I going to do? I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I never pre-med even. Um, I have a first aid kit. <laughs> so, you know, our first anniversary, we've been married 36 36 wonderful years. Um, but our first anniversary, she gave me a toolbox, and I opened the toolbox, and it had business cards for a plumber, <laughs> a handyman, and a painter. And so these hands, you know, I have a screwdriver and a hammer at home, I think. And I thought about it, you know, and there's an old saying, serving is not about your ability, it's about your availability. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go do this. So I went down, I guess, maybe five or six times from 2005 to 2008 and met just some wonderful Haitian folks and got to really know them and, and build relationships with them. And I finally said to Debbie, you need to come down here and meet these folks. And, uh, and she said, well, I don't, I don't know where that is and I don't think I want to go. No, I said, I do not want to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not going. <laughs> so uh, we used to say she did go. Uh, Years later. 2007, I guess, and um, you know, we met a bunch of a bunch of Haitian folks and some kids that were in a bad way, and, uh, and I'll let you take it from there. Is that okay? Absolutely. I'll, I'll jump in. So, um, yeah, we. My first trip, I really did go kicking and screaming. I did. I had no desire to go, but God had other plans. Um, so yeah, we found some starving, dying, very sick kids, open wounds all over their body from stealing contaminated water, the only water they had. They had no food. They were sleeping on cement. We walk in. You know, you're trying not to cry in front of them. It's my first trip. What do you do? We got them some quick food. Tried to do as much as we could for them in the three days I was there. Um, and then went home, and I couldn't sleep. You know, God just, I guess you would say, kept just touching me and poking me and poking me and getting me to engage, right? And so um, I woke him up in the middle of the night a few days in and said, we've got to do something. We can't, God didn't put me there that day with those kids to find those kids to come home and just get back into my life and do nothing. I'm sure he had a reason for that. And we have to explore that. So we had a little party at our house, told people don't come if you're not going to bring a check. <laughs> and we'd love, to bring, we'd love to have you any other time. But don't come to this if you're not going to bring money to help us. Um, so we raised some seed money, found a place for these kids to live, started being able to feed them. And that's how we started. Yeah, yeah. And so one, one thing that I, I think is very fascinating, and I want you to think about this, um, 
you guys were, were just church attenders, right? No, no schooling just, to go be missionaries. I, just, I, like, I like to travel. And I just wanted to go yeah. someplace new. Yeah. And I, I did have to go look and find out where Haiti was on the map. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, we were not super involved in the church. Um, you know, no, we but were, the really cool thing was when God asks you to go somewhere to do something, get involved, not just sit back on the team with the quarterback and just kind of stand there, to step out, he does bring you people that you will need with you to help you do what yeah. he wants you to do. Yeah. So, because we had nothing. I mean, I was a mom at home, just, I, just, it was, I was just living a normal life like all of you. And he was working and paying the bills and the rest is history. And I yeah. said, we can help these kids. We'll send money down. We'll get some Haitian mamas to feed them and take care of them. We'll, we'll, we'll try to make that happen. And she said, no, I think God's telling me we're going to start an orphanage in the school. And I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you did. He started the, the Helping Haitian Angels. So since uh, the birth of Helping Haitian Angels, I love, I mean, you said God's done a lot of miracles, done a lot of cool things. So, so just kind of fill us in. What's he done? Oh, so many miracles. Some of the biggest ones. Um, well, one of the biggest ones was, as uh, Bobby was saying earlier, the untouched people groups. Um, in our community in Haiti, it's a very, very dark uh, voodoo area. There's a lot of voodoo in Haiti. But in our area, it's, it's especially poor and very, they're all about voodoo. So we have 40 acres where our fence line is and that's all the community. We were, they asked us for years to build a church. Our people did. And we finally raised the money. We finally were able to build a real church. Church in Haiti is sacred, the building. It's God's house. It needs to be proper and sacred. That's their culture. So we, we didn't know that. So when we finally learned that, we built the church. It was going to go way down here on our property where, where all this empty land was. And I woke up one night and felt God say, no, no, no. You need to move that right on the line where these people practicing voodoo morning, noon, and night would hear the praise and worship and the services constantly. So I don't know how many of you have been to Haiti. Actually, Ray Lewis right there, has, <laughs> I just saw him today, has been to Haiti with us 11 years ago. Oh, that's awesome. So is that, well, I haven't seen him since then, <laughs> until today. And I looked at him and I'm like, I know you. Yeah. Anyway, small world. Um, but the voodoo just, you know, takes over. So in Haiti, you're in church morning, noon, and night, every day of the week, seven days a week, there's something going on in the church. So we did. I talked to the board. I talked to the guys. I constantly changed things and drive them crazy. <laughs> but we moved the church over here on the line, and today they hear it seven days a week. And a lot of them now come to our church. Wow. So yeah. that, that was, that's probably one of our biggest miracles. Another um, couple, um, Madiani and Duguay are two of our original kids from that original trip really sick, all of that. Yeah, um, they went to Cuba in July, just a few months ago, to med school. Mm. So, and they will come back to Haiti. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. They will come back to Haiti and they will take care of their people. So they'll finish med school there. We have um, Yolan, you remember Yolan. Um, when we found her original kid, she was 13 and pregnant by her father. Um, 
that baby has been adopted, lives in Texas, is doing very well, but Yolan will graduate college next year. She's amazing, the most beautiful, Jesus-loving, God-fearing young woman, and wants to be a diplomat, and will be. Um, so we have so many, so many just miracles that yeah. have happened. Yeah. So. I guess just tell us how, how many uh, students do you have in your orphanage, school? All just kind of give us an update on where where things are today. Yeah, and so much has changed in 15 years. Um, so we have family homes. We have seven family homes that house about 30, 35 kids, depending on if the government's bringing us someone. We're um, recognized with the government, one of very few organizations that gets a green rating. So we get kids that people abandon at a hospital or they find on the street that are orphaned or sick or whatever. So they come to us and we immediately family trace and start looking for families. But we have those homes, we have two transitional homes that are kids over 18 learning to live as adults on the outside. Um, and then we have an elementary school that brings in about 250 kids, 230 of those are from the outside community. And then we have our church where lots of families come in every, all day, all day, every week. Um, so a lot. Yeah, so a lot of ministry taking place there, a lot of lives being touched. So um, 15 years, moving forward, where, what's next? What are some dreams, some hopes, some visions for the next couple years? Well, we found out that we have a super educational program in our school. We have STEM, we teach English. They didn't know what STEM was in Haiti. We're one of the only schools in northern Haiti that has it. Uh, and in the country, there's only a handful. So we get these kids from kid, kindergarten to seventh grade or so with a wonderful education, and then they go to Haitian public school. And so they kind of go like this, and then it dropped off. So our big focus the last couple of years was to build a junior high, high school for these kids to continue with a super education. Education is everything. Uh, it is here, it is in third world countries, and uh, that's a big focus for ours. So we've raised a lot of the money. Uh, we were going to break ground this year. There's been some uh, issues, political issues, other issues in Haiti that were a little bit delayed, but we had a contractor. We're all ready uh, to get that piece going. And then the reunification. Uh, yeah. So family strengthening, we are, our focus is, I mean, you all know how important your kids are to you and family is to you. And without family, children just cannot thrive. So we, about six years ago, learned about reunification and family strengthening and have studied um, and learned the best ways to do it. So we have our own family strengthening program that people from all over Haiti then come to our place three times a year to learn about. And we try to get these kids back into a family, whether it's biological, a kinship it's called, aunts, uncles, grandmas, or even foster care. So, and then we wrap around those families and do the whole, take care of the whole family. Um, and then as Bill said, education, dream, is to have these kids finish with their education. Only 50% of kids in school finish sixth grade, go on from sixth grade. So um, have this cutting edge education. It's also gonna have our new school, will have a vocational school. So as they graduate, they'll have a way to earn a living. They'll hopefully speak English, and if you speak English, you can always get a job. So our dream is to educate. Education is freedom so that it can, they can elevate themselves. We want them to elevate themselves out of poverty generationally. 
Mm. And a lot of these kids go back to their community and teach their uh, parents English. They teach their parents how to read and write. Our first 50 kids that enrolled 10 years ago, zero of the parents could read and write. Zero. So they'd come in to fill out the forms, and we'd have to help them fill out the forms. So now their kids are going back and helping their parents learn these things, which just elevates the whole community. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the biggest... Um, Pluses when when you look at different ministry organizations, different missions. Um, yes, at, at, there's times when we need to help and, and meet a felt need, right? Food, water, clothes, those kind of things. But if that's all a ministry goes and does, that's just going to teach those people to to be you know dependent. And so the the word that that keeps coming to mind that that Bill and Debbie do really well is empowering. They're empowering these folks to not lean on helping Haitian angels to do it for themselves. And that's a really, really, really big deal. And so um, you guys probably do this a lot. Churches you're partnering with, uh, different, different ministries, organizations. So as City Hope Church, someone sitting out here today, what's, what's the best way for us to, to partner with you, to assist you, to encourage you guys in, as, as you're doing this ministry? You know... In, the, in your first ever 9 o'clock service, <laughs> congratulations. Um, I forgot to say this. Pray. Most important, best, and most powerful thing you can do for us, for our organization, for our families in Haiti, our kids, is pray. Just add us to your prayer list. Add them. Add Haiti. They're in big trouble right now. So please just pray for us. After that, as I said, it's education. If any of you wants to sponsor a child and, and pay for their education, the 220 that come in from the outside, they would not be in school if it weren't for our school and us searching for sponsors. We still have 178 that need to be sponsored. So it will be outside if you want to talk about that. But yeah, if you want, your kids can get involved, but support a child's education. They get a meal, they get nutritionally enhanced peanut butter, at our place when there's no school or if they didn't go to school, this is the only meal they, they get all day is the meal they get in our school, these kids. So um, it's the education is super important. They also get trauma care, a lot of trauma care. There's a lot of trauma happening. Yeah. So thank you all. <sighs> and thank you for what you've done for us so far. Bobby presented me with a very generous check back in August, and I, I'm so, so grateful to all of you for that. We are. You know, if you haven't seen them, we're going down the 14th story Hyatt <laughs> Hotel. And if any of you want to do it next week, put the last weekend in August on your calendar. Yeah. Next week or next, next year? Next year. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's not next week. <laughs> next August. Next, next August. August. Yeah, and, and that was just a, a special time. We were, uh, as I mentioned before, one of our strategic partners that we were able to uh, because of your generosity, because of your gifts, we were able to uh, partner with them and, and make a difference. And so let me encourage you guys today. Um, and this is what I love. Every church that I've ever served in, I've been able to do this now for almost 20 years. We have a, a missions emphasis month. And there's always somebody that God starts stirring in. There's always somebody that God's saying, hey, th this is for you. And so um, let me challenge you just to be open, to be obedient. Uh, but stop by and talk to them. They'll be right out here when, when we're done here in just a few minutes and just hear their story and see how you can get involved deeper in just encouragement and, and loving them. Uh, last question, uh, more as followers of Christ who um, 
you heard the Great Commission, you read it, you felt the call from the Lord. What encouragement, challenge, wisdom, advice, whatever you want to call it, what would you give to anyone here today that's a follower of Christ in, in engaging in God's mission? I think a lot of it is the availability piece. You know, we don't have the ability, you know, talk about time, talent, treasure. Like I said, I have a hammer and a screwdriver, that's about it. So don't be afraid to step out in whatever local mission, international mission. If you're available, then God needs you. Amen. We're all available. Amen. To whatever degree, that can be a week to go someplace, a weekend, a Saturday afternoon. Um, just that availability piece. And, and pray about it, right? They say he's talking to us, we just don't listen enough. Mm. So think about it and pray about it and be available to engage. Yeah. And if it sounds too crazy, it's probably right. Mm. Mm. If it, it really, if, it, if, if you go, God, that can't be what you need me to do or what you're talking to me about or want me to do. It probably is. And just take that step of faith, just one small step of faith, and he'll be there for you and give you everything you need and people you need and then some. You'll be so surprised. And if you don't do it just right, he'll redirect. He'll take you back and redirect. We, we call it failing forward in our organization. We failed forward and will continue to, I'm sure, millions of times. But when you're, we also say in our organization that we glorify God with every step we take. Mm. And if you live by that and you're doing it for him, for his people, and you're glorifying him, oh, believe me, he will get you where he needs you. Amen. That's good stuff. Will you guys thank Bill and Debbie uh, for coming today? Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.